Hello and welcome to Conversation, where we discuss campus affairs, although technically not campus affairs because we're all at home. And I'm Stuart. I'm Bronte. I'm Harris. And I'm Oscar. And we hey. are Conversation. Conversation. <laughs> we sound like the coolest band ever. We sound like the worst band ever. Oh, where, is every, where is everyone then? I'm at home, nice, and I'm just sitting in my my little living room. <laughs> Tried to, my parents are watching the the news, which is a bit sad right now, so I'm avoiding it. I'm just sitting yeah. in my living room, which is which is upstairs in my flat, and um, there's no blinds, so the neighbours can see in, so they can just see me staring at my computer screen on my own, like a so, sad little thing. Yeah. Where Where do you live? I live in Camden, so oh, yeah. yeah. Kind of cool, but also kind of not cool, because um, I'm right next to the Royal Free Hospital, which is uh, the hospital that they're treating a lot of the patients, the coronavirus patients at. Um, so I'm literally a five-minute walk from the epicenter of this entire crisis. I can't believe you mentioned coronavirus. I thought we were going to try and avoid that this whole podcast. Oh, oh <laughs> I probably missed that memo. <laughs> I think that's what people want to hear at the moment. To be honest, what yeah. else do they want to hear about? Good not question. coronavirus anything but coronavirus has anyone got, has anyone got any um juicy gossip about it then <laughs> juicy coronavirus <laughs> i heard it was created by boris so that he wouldn't have to work <laughs> oh yeah i know i've heard that one too that he gets two weeks off work just chilling <laughs> just doing everything over skype what, yeah but he overegged it a bit so <laughs> he gets two weeks sick pay it's incredible I wonder what two weeks sick pay for the Prime Minister is. That's probably a lot of money. How much do think they make? I, I feel like like 100 grand or something. I think it's like 140 or 150, I think, for a cabinet minister. Uh, I just Googled it. 149,400. Oh, hang on. Damn. Incredible. That's pretty good. Well, he um... gets more from uh, affiliations with donors and speaking and stuff yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think well, you can have a lot of Sorry. toilet roll <laughs> <laughs> that too um so yeah how are we all doing at home are we okay how are we how are we coping yeah, yeah, I, I've I think I've reached a good balance with living with the family again it's which is getting to be all right to be honest well I'm, I'm not Ooh. oh no oh no well, this is the problem with not being face to face is that we can't see each other so I don't know when you're going to speak. All right I'll go. I've been rationing toilet roll because I'm terrified of running out so this two-ply toilet roll and rationing at the same time is quite a challenge. How much do you have left? Um, Like four rolls which, okay. which but that's okay but also I live in a house with with two other people so oh and we like we don't have like boxes of like Kleenex to blow our nose. Like I, I would just use toilet roll to blow my nose. So we, we go through a lot of toilet roll. Um, it's concerning because pretty much everywhere is you know completely wiped clean of uh, unintended wiped clean of toilet roll. <laughs> that was definitely intended. <laughs> <laughs> that was, yeah, that was truly 100% intended. But uh, can't find any toilet roll anywhere, and I'm getting worried because what happens if like I really need some and I genuinely cannot find any. Yeah, like, I'm like the, end of the world. 
I feel like the shops will probably kind of um get better though soon because most people will have done their panic buying. Yeah, like how much can you continue to stockpile? At some yeah. point, you're gonna have enough lentils and pasta. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's a problem there actually because I feel like the panic buying calmed down a bit in the last week, but then they started releasing reports today saying that um, we could run out of food and we may have to introduce rationing. Like, um, really? Newspapers okay. like The Sun and The Daily Star and things started sort of in, like implying we're going to run out of things. And I think that's going to make people panic buy again. That's not the sort of responsible reporting you'd see from a QMSU-affiliated media outlet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you guys yeah. been doing anything, like, any media stuff? We've got quite a few articles coming in, actually, because I think students haven't got much to do. So um, oh, yeah. quite a lot of satire has been coming in as well, actually. I've got, like, three or four satire articles sat ready to be pushed out. Oh, there's nothing like the apocalypse to uh, whet the appetite for some satire. <laughs> exactly. Are there any good? fun on um, coronavirus articles, though. A bit like the Brexit ones, because... With, I'm just getting a tirade of coronavirus 101 and I'm like or my diary from self-isolation and I'm like there's only so many self-isolation diaries that we need yeah. I love how but everyone's diary is going to be the same it's just going to be like Monday stayed at home Tuesday stayed yeah. at home <laughs> yeah. went to the shops then stayed at home again like that is well, it depends every- if they're a rule breaker or a rule follower it could be that they were just running around amok I mean, let's hope every single QMversation listener is, you know, staying at home, staying alive, protecting the NHS, all that jazz. Mm-hmm. Our one listener. Oh, what? Yeah, yeah say with mum. <laughs> <laughs> it's just my mum sitting at home, just clapping away. She's so proud of me. She's like, yes, finally she's doing something with her life. It'd be like that. Do we all have any, like, academic work that we have to do? Or... Oh. I've got so yeah. much, and I've been just not doing any of it. Oh, yeah, I've got a lot, but I've uh, not been committing. Not entirely sure what my excuse is, other than it just feels like uni work is kind of inconsequential, kind of... Yeah. It just doesn't feel like it compares when something's so I big. I feel like that's a great reason to not do any work, and I, I just don't think the university are going to accept it, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm really enjoying the... Um, the emails we're getting from Colin Bailey because the beginning of this week he said I'm not going to email you every day this week and then he proceeded to email us every day this week. <laughs> Did anyone watch the video that he sent? I, I haven't watched it yet. There was a video in one no, of the... I didn't watch it, I just thought it would be terrible. Oh apparently it was someone um, posted something about it on social media saying it was basically like a love letter from Colin Bailey to all the students and it was just a bit pointless and it was just an excuse for him to show his face. I actually had a meeting with him once and it was terrifying like he he talks really quietly and it was in this like big boardroom office and and I think he does it as like an intimidation tactic. <laughs> so you have like to lean in. Listen, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's he just funny. like he's on like a spinny chair and he slowly turns around. And he's got a fluffy white cat on his lap and he's like, yeah, no, it was literally. It was literally. He's got such like a, an interesting status. Like I think people's idea of him is just so wild compared to pretty much like any other principal at any other university. Mm. Like I feel like he's actually cultivating like a like a image for himself. Yeah, a personality cult. 
I can't be the only one who thinks he looks like Chris Whitty, the chief scientific advisor. Yes. Yes. I think he's thinking. I think he's thinking. Like, and, you know, like, he also looks like Voldemort equally. So, you know, <laughs> you didn't that how you will. I think he looks like Voldemort. Does that mean that our chief medical officer is Voldemort? Have you seen his face? He looks like a snake. He is. I mean, that man is uh, terrifying. <laughs> yeah, Someone yeah. said he looks like a character in a in a video game that just just like a sort of inconsequential character. Doesn't really matter. You sort of pass them by in the street. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like he looks like a supervillain. <laughs> Chris Whitty, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he looks he just, a bit like he's melted. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, he looks a little bit like a, a Madame Two Swords figure on a really hot summer's day, you know. To be fair, it's quite a tough yeah. position uh, right now. I don't. This isn't talking about his looks anymore. But like, right now, whatever happens, he's gonna get blamed for stuff. Like, if things go sour, which I don't know how the next few weeks are gonna pan out, but like, he's just the perfect fool guy for Boris Johnson and Co. To basically well, just be like, exactly. we were following advice. As of the news today, Boris Johnson has been confirmed to have coronavirus, as has Matt Hancock, who is the health secretary, but also Chris Whitty himself is self-isolating because he is also displaying symptoms. So all three of the big boys have it. They've they've genuinely just been in a room together, haven't they? They've just been like, how do we solve this? And then they've given it to each other. I'm like, I can't cope anymore. I need two weeks paid leave. Oh, wait. (laughs) I know I do that. Presumably Boris is still going to be working, though. Yeah, he's still in charge. So Dominic Raab is sort of there if Boris can't continue, but oh, Boris God, is still man. in charge for now. He is the worst replacement. Yeah. I'm really, I'm kind of glad actually that Boris has decided to just, you know, continue leading the country because Raab is not, um, Raab would not be good news. I know Boris isn't exactly sunshine and rainbows, but Raab is sort of lava and sludge he's just well, not good dominic Raab gives you the the sort of impression that he doesn't really know what's happening but he's talking a lot whereas yeah. boris johnson gives you the impression that he knows what's happening but he's trying to distract you like a really bad sort of magician <laughs> he's just like pick a card any card oh wait old people can die that's allowed look at my hair <laughs> yeah that's boris johnson i would to be the next prime minister Who? Larry, Larry the cat. Oh, Larry the Downing Street cat. Yeah. He'd have a job, to be honest. I reckon Larry wouldn't allow all the old people to die. I don't think Larry would condone that. I think you're forgetting that Larry's a cat. Larry would 100% just not care about us dying. Wait, wait, no bad words about cats, okay? Cats are incredible. Back off. (laughs) Okay, sorry, sorry. Touchy subject. Yes, very touchy subject. I'm a bit of a crazy cat lady, so I'm just gonna put that out there. Have you got a cat? I've got um, I've got two. They're not with me at the moment. They live at my mom's, but you know they're oh, my cats. Right. So I make sure everyone knows they're my cats. Okay, fair. Yeah. Has everyone um, does everyone see that petition about refunding students for this year? Yeah. Yeah, I think I signed it. What did you think about it? Well, I mean, you signed it. So. <laughs> um. I don't know, it's complicated, isn't it? But I, I think, given all the strikes and and this, like, I, I don't think that we've really got our money's worth, but... Yeah, I don't think my money's worth, but... 
what was that sorry I don't think we've I don't think any of us have really got our money's worth because if you I haven't had any I mean part partly this is my fault I'm not going to class but I haven't been to class for a good like six weeks (laughs) we're not going to get any more classes for the rest of the year so that you know that's if you tallied up the amount of money that all of that is worth that's worth a couple of grand at least yeah that's money we're never going to get back and money that we're going to be paying off monthly for the rest of our lives. Yeah, I know. I mean, it does, I mean, there are a lot of students who probably think it doesn't matter that much now, but in 10 years when we're still trying to pay off that debt, we're going to wish we signed that petition. Yeah, I, I just don't think anything's going to come of it. Cause yeah, I think this is the problem. I'm a bit cynical. Um, when you pay, think... like, it's... Oh, sorry, sorry. No, 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 go on. When, when you... Like when we pay the money, it's not itemized. It doesn't tell us what we're paying for. It's just a kind of general fee. I think if it was, if we were paying like five grand for tuition and then four grand for like the services or whatever, then maybe we could sort of claim back percentage of that. But I think they'll just argue that they like used it for other stuff as well. Yeah, the problem is their costs are going to be the same, really, because they still have to pay what all the lecturers for. Um, even if they're not working right now, even though they do get some back from the government, to be fair, um, they're still going to have to pay for all of the estate costs, the land rent costs. Like, their costs are pretty much the same. And the problem is it's the same with, like, every company right now is that there is just no money to refund. Like, they're all screwed a bit. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's a nice sentiment. Um, yeah, fair. Have we have we had any online learning courses? Yeah, yep. How's that been? Any seminars? I mean, yeah, two of my lecturers actually have COVID, so they've not been teaching, so I've got to teach myself that. But I've had one seminar from Germany, and apparently they have the poorest broadband quality. Wow. I didn't Which know is- that. That's a fun bit of trivia. I have to keep that one in mind next time I'm doing a pub quiz, you know. Germany has the worst broadband in Europe. Noted. You'd think they'd have better quality because they're like such a, I don't know, developed country. And in the Europe, they're like the top, right? Yeah. And they're really techie as well. Mm. They need to up their broadband game, clearly. Um, yeah, I had, I was supposed to have had online classes, but I'm one of those people who's not been committing to that. Um, again, it's sort of that feeling of my degree doesn't really matter right now, which I know is so not true, but there's definitely a feeling of kind of, there's so much going on in the world right now. Um, my coursework that's due in three weeks doesn't really impact my life as much as, you know, the five o'clock. Uh, prime minister's daily talk does you know yeah definitely so yeah I've not really been um engaging as much as I should have but um I just keep telling myself I've got quite a few more weeks left until my deadlines actually are on top of me so until then I'm just going to keep um anxiously watching the news and updating my my twitter and just you know wasting time really oh what's your what's your twitter well, I've just been following all the, because, you know, like, lock, hashtag lockdown is trending, like, all the time, all day, every day. So I just look at that, just want to see what people are up to, and if anyone else is madly out of their mind with anxiety like myself. Yeah. Has anyone been um, following 
um, Alex Horn's Taskmaster on Twitter. Oh that's yeah, cool. I've seen a bit of that. Oh, yeah, that's that? quite good fun. He yeah. basically, have you ever seen the, the show Taskmaster? He basically like sets tasks and um, <laughs> sort of in the name, I guess. But he's doing uh, one for everyone at home. So every day, like in the morning, he's setting a task and people can send in videos essentially um of them doing the task and like the best videos win it's quite it's quite good fun and quite entertaining are they, are they like brush your teeth with peanut butter or something i remember like one was like get a sheet of paper into the bin as interestingly as possible stuff like that what the hell is that stuff that like you can sort of waste a day doing essentially if you're not careful what's his name i'm going to find him uh, alex horn Alex. Um, yeah, on top of that, you've had, uh, is it Joe Wicks doing his PE classes? Those are quite good. For, I did one of those yesterday and I'm still sore today. Really? Well, yeah, who is he? He's like a personal trainer slash health guy. He's got like a great cookbook and stuff. Right. Um, we're not getting sponsored by him, but Joe Wicks, if you want to sponsor the podcast, we're here for you. Yes, uh, please. But he's been doing like an online PE class every morning for like 30 minutes, I think. Um, and it, he's getting really good views. like like live he's getting like 800,000 people each really? day um like across the world so it's, he's like properly trending really um it's really cute actually he's getting like um people who are quite old people who are quite young um of all ages just at home to be a bit more active it's quite it's really good initiative um I'm, I'm really enjoying all of those little cute things like that like instagram has turned into a, like a festering pot of terrible challenges right now oh, that's true oh, yeah. instagram is unbearable right now it's quite Please nice. Can we start a campaign to stop the tagging? <laughs> oh, I, it's it's passing time, Sawa. What do you want? I mean, I'm guilty of it, I'll admit, but I I feel like I joined the bandwagon like two or three nights ago when it was like still funny, and then <laughs> last night it got a bit like, okay, guys, this is all I've seen the past seven days. I'm getting bored. Oh, what is it's the like till tomorrow thing? Yeah. Yeah, don't, the don't, like, don't like someone's post. Don't like it. I've already fallen into that trap. So uh. <laughs> yeah. it's it is so- funny though. I mean, my my Instagram. I was only supposed to keep my funny photo up for 24 hours, but um, it's still up. It's been two days. I just realised that um, you know, if the world's gonna end, everyone might as well see my dork face. So if they haven't already. Yeah, if they haven't already. <laughs> so mine's staying off on my Instagram feed because I have no dignity at all. No, I like it. I people need entertainment. Yeah, I, oh, I really like thing you were doing with the music. The what Did thing? You? Oh, that was nice. Oh, oh what, no. what I did? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I was, I was bored, but I didn't tag anyone. I just did my own little project. Yeah, no, no, it was really nice. It was good music. Who has a cuckoo clock? Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> God, that is, that is, what? Is it like, is it a proper one? Is there like a bird that like comes out of the little hut? Yeah, it's from Switzerland. We have family in Switzerland, so we have a cuckoo clock. And it wow. it's, uh, goes off every hour. What, even in the middle of the night? Um, I think so, yeah. <laughs> How do you sleep through that? <laughs> I'm a really light sleeper. That would keep me up all night. I think I'm I'm not I'm one of those people who like I like where I live in East London's right next to a road so always got road traffic I'm just used to it it helps me sleep actually it's weird coming back home and it's so quiet yeah 
yeah definitely it's it's kind of comforting when you can hear traffic which is I was talking to my partner about it actually because the um the roads have been so quiet lately so normally I would sleep with the bedroom window open at night and you'd be able to hear cars sort of passing even in the, like right in the middle of the night but now the roads are really quiet and it's actually kind of deafening when it's so quiet that it sort of backfires and it keeps you up yeah no, definitely. Yeah. Can't imagine. Clap? What was Did that? Clap oh, oh, I love a bit of clapping. <laughs> uh, was it was fun. really quiet where we were, to be fair, but like it was really loud. Like, I was watching people's stories, and like some places were really going for it. Yeah, there, there was the there was a guy with a drum next door. <laughs> oh, I think that was me. <laughs> hearing like, the stories of people bringing on pots and pans and stuff like that as well yeah there was a lot of that it was very cute i yeah i could hear the whole of london clapping it was actually really um it's really touching i was thinking about it for like a solid hour afterwards i was like oh that was really really nice oh that's so nice yeah i guess because i'm near the hospital as well there are a lot of people sort of hyper aware of what's going on so showing a lot of support and stuff it was just really wholesome wasn't it yeah it was definitely i think it's it's nice i wonder if they'll do one again because it's going to go in for a while so i feel like they might be like oh let's do one again next week <laughs> yeah let's do a weekly clap for the nhs yeah yeah i think yeah. they do but it every like, in- but do you think like when this is over like we're just going to go back to the dog eat dog world i don't know i, d- I can't see how we can I think things are so different but then also I think well, I sort of underestimate our ability to sort of forget things and just move on yeah do you think it's really just going ret- to I I think it, there's no way it can completely return to normal I think for years we're going to see impacts for sure I mean fundamentally all my favorite films are being pushed back so <laughs> what's that about <laughs> um, but like there are going to be impacts for years like students for example are going to have to catch up on modules and stuff alone but like entertainment industry, the health industry, um, politics as well, to be fair, like this is the time where people are going to be judged and it's going to like stay on their record for years. Mm. Um, what do you reckon? Do you think they're doing well so far? I don't know. I think we're too close to the problem. I think it's really hard to see right now whether we could be doing something better or not. Mm. I think... Because right now, like, all of the approach they've done so far seems intent on essentially, uh, like, exposing a certain population to it while isolating vulnerable people away from it. So it's only if that works long term that we'll be able to judge whether it was a success or not compared to other countries. Yeah, it's, you're right. It's hard to tell. And it's probably not something we can really judge until, like, a year down the line, in which case... It's, you know, I guess we should really have learned from swine flu. They keep saying how, um, like, the swine flu, the bird flu outbreaks, we should have learned from those. We should have had certain contingency plans in place, like uh, the, like the benefits for the self-employed and things, things that feel unprecedented. But I feel like should really, it shouldn't have been a case where you have to scramble to come up with that sort of stuff. There, there should have already been a plan in place because scientists have been warning us for years that we were going to potentially see another big, pandemic i mean it's 100 years now since the spanish flu or roughly 100 years since the spanish flu pandemic and everyone was saying you know there's only so much time before we see another version of that 
Yeah, we've got antibiotic resistance coming up and then we're just going to see more and more like pathogens that we're just not going to be able to fight with antibiotics yeah. as well. And then that's the end of the world. It's a bit of a scary situation, I guess. But I, I think economically as well, it's quite scary. Yeah, I just I'm just surprised that um, I'm kind of surprised by the UK government's response. Actually, it's um, rather socialist, <laughs> everything Ooh. that they pulled out of the bag in the past sort of two weeks or so and it'll be interesting to see when hopefully this is all over a few months down the line if they're just gonna just like take everything back and just go back to normal because I don't see how they can now yeah, that people are getting a choice, really. thing, you know I think right now they don't have a choice but to be a bit socialist because fundamentally if people don't have jobs or don't have work that that's going to cause way bigger issues than this disease is almost right now um they sort of have to essentially make money out of nothing we're essentially borrowing from our future selves it feels like and we're going to be paying this off for a long long time um like i feel like we just came out of austerity and i think we're about to dip right back into it Um, but i think what will be quite interesting is to see whether the nhs is less affected this time because i think because it's such a big crisis that revolves around health, I think it might be less affected by austerity, but I think other areas will be quite heavily affected. It's quite sour. I think like healthcare workers though are gonna be held in such a different like way in the pub. I mean, obviously they should have been already, but I think this will really change how people view nurses and stuff like that. There's so much free stuff going around. Like, so my sisters are, um, are doctors and they're just like there's every every other day they're just like oh someone's brought in free food and like nando's mcdonald's everyone's just giving people free food and it's a bit surreal i think because you're just like oh this it's really nice but you're also like why is this suddenly happening now like what's changed from like just a few weeks ago where like people were like junior doctors were still struggling to fight for better uh, contracts and stuff like things haven't changed that much but like it seems like there's a whole culture of appreciation that sort of comes out of nowhere. Yeah. I think that's been really nice to see, actually. Um, I I brought in a cake, actually, to my local A&E department last week, um, just because I was in A&E myself a couple of weeks ago. So I felt like oh. saying thank you. So I, I, I got them a cake and like oh, a that's big... That's so cute. Yeah party tray bake like one of the big ones that's got like 25 slices oh and I, I love and, those yeah and uh they the girl that i handed it to was she was wearing like the full protective gear she was like right at the front of the a e where when you go in they ask you what symptoms you're experiencing so they know whether to send you to the coronavirus pod or not uh-huh. she's in like full protective gear and i basically just handed her a cake and said have a good evening and she like nearly started crying she was just oh and it just it was yeah it was really nice and I you know I hope all the staff enjoyed their chocolate cake <laughs> oh, that's so nice. that yeah. is nice I think I think it is tough as well like right now I think staff feel under so much pressure um to to be able to just be present for example and like to cancel leaves and um just under pressure because of the situation the amount of work they're having to do um so I think it is nice that they feel feeling appreciated I know like a lot of people that I know who are doctors after the clap yesterday like a lot of people were saying it felt quite emotional and they felt actually like 
better than they felt for weeks just because they felt appreciated yeah that's really nice yeah and I think Um, it's not just um health workers I think it's like people who work in supermarkets and teachers and stuff I feel like there is a because there are still teachers teaching kids who are um the children of like essential workers and there's cleaners and there's so many different types of people that I think are so underappreciated that are really being like tested right now yeah I do think we we're not appreciating everyone enough um right now like I think even people in like supermarkets I think people are treating supermarket workers quite badly and stuff um and I think hopefully we can be a bit more appreciative as this goes on and realizing that like we're at home right now but there are people here who are like basically putting themselves at risk of exposure just so that we can get our box of cereal (laughs) yeah I think it really yeah I hope things change and that people have more respect for what I guess some people would call like low skill workers and things like people who stock the shelves in the supermarkets people who deliver your Amazon parcel things like that things that you don't think about day to day those people are now literally keeping the fabric of our society knitted together because without those people right now, I think we would all just cave in on ourselves because society just wouldn't function anymore. Yeah, I, I think it would be a big... I don't see how it possibly could, especially for young people, like like we're in a, a formative sort of period of our life where we're like, you know, learning about the world and everything. And to see this, it's just the rest of our lives will be sort of shaped by this, won't they? Yeah, I think that's true. I'll be, I'll be really interested to see whether this changes how people vote, especially. And I know that sounds really annoying and like, oh, I, like, I don't really care about elections that much. I do, but I don't. But also, like, I do, I would be interested to see whether, like, this changes how people vote and, like, whether they have changed their vote based on the pressures that are being put on our society and the people who have stepped up. There are two there are two ways to look at it. One is um, that what this is, what this whole crisis has exposed is, for example, the massive underfunding of the NHS. And for example, mm. Labour has been campaigning to increase that funding for a long time. Therefore, some people might swing towards Labour. But the other side is, and I've seen some sort of family members of my own start to lean towards this position, which is they're quite impressed with how the Tory government has handled it. However, whatever your political stance is, people are impressed with the self-employment benefits and for the that 80% wage thing that the government is paying out. And it's actually reinforcing a lot of Tory voters' sort of ideology. Um, yeah, I think you're right on that. Consolidating. Like, they, they already think, oh, Britain is great. Look at our government. They've done such a good job. I'm going to vote for them in the next election as well. Yeah, um, I think this is going to be so good for the Conservatives. Like, Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's the kind of sad thing. I think, you know, for 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 those um those of us out there who are maybe more left wing, I don't know, this could be a little bit disappointing in the long term because it is just reinforcing um a sort of support for the Tory party right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think fundamentally, like right now, I'm not so I'm a traditional Labour supporter have been for years but I think um like right now 
I feel like I just want a government that's competent and does the best they can do. So like part of me, although like politically, yes, like conservatives, like I don't really want them to do well. Right now, I think the government is doing what they need to be doing. And I, I feel it, I find it quite difficult to like split that national interest from like the political side of things. But I think right now when stuff is like actually properly life or death, like the actions the government have has right now has such big impacts and it, you, it always does it always has a huge impact but right now it means so much in such a, a short space of time that I am quite happy with the way they have been acting and been reacting quite quickly um, but I do find it it's difficult for me personally because so right now they've been asking a lot of medical students to volunteer and stuff and I really wanted to get like involved in volunteering in hospitals as much as possible but part of me is like at the back of my mind I'm just like am I essentially supporting a system that isn't sustainable and it's sort of running on goodwill but it's like people like us volunteering which are supporting a system that technically is underfunded and all we're doing is making it seem as if it can cope when it can't but like fundamentally when it comes to like life or death and people like surviving because you might be there you sort of can't say no yeah speaking of which did um so did you guys sign up for the um the volunteering thing so the government asked for what was it half a million volunteers for the nhs did you guys sign up for that then i haven't done it yet actually i, I, I want to but... I yeah i've gotten around to it because i've been ill so I imagine they would have told me no anyway but in a few weeks down the line if they're still if they're still doing that campaign drive I'm definitely going to do it um I can't really do it in person because I'm a bit uh, like vulnerable but but there's definitely stuff you can do on the phone and stuff but because my mum worked in the NHS she was saying like they just had so many people volunteering it's really good yeah. yeah, it's heartwarming, definitely, oh, to see yeah. if people will want to step up, if possible, and do something. I yeah. think it's, it's a really good combination of things, though, because there are so many people sitting at home just looking for things to do, people who are otherwise perfectly healthy and perfectly able. So it's just it's a great initiative to give people something to do during the lockdown as well. Like, if you're mm. bored and you're healthy and you're fit and you're, you know, relatively young and you feel like you could contribute, then definitely do, because, I mean, there's no such thing as too much help. So, yeah, for sure. I think it, um, we've got our final year students who are being called up basically now to essentially become doctors early to take part. And then everyone, all the other medical students can volunteer in different capacities, not as the same capacity. But it is a bit scary because they haven't got any of the, the sort of time to prepare that they usually would. And they're going into essentially a crisis situation where like teaching opportunities aren't going to be the same but I think everyone essentially wants to help if they can and like you do feel like going to medical school you want to use that knowledge like what's the point of all this if you can't do something so I think overwhelmingly people want to help whichever way they can and use the skills they can to do stuff. Yeah yeah I just I think it's just a good thing to be a part of um, and I'll definitely be doing that further down the line for sure yeah. It's good. Yeah, I, do, I do like this giving spirit. I also all these Facebook pages full of like um, helping hands and making sure that like the vulnerable people in our community are able to do their shopping and stuff. I think on a small scale as well, people are really just 
becoming really nice and lovely. It is very weird, but lovely at the same time. Have you guys seen like, letters through your letterbox, like neighbours offering to like buy your shopping for you and things? Because I've had a couple of those, and that's been really nice. Yeah, I've seen those. They look really good, and it's a really great idea. It's just nice I to have a, a community spirit for once. I think yeah, it's really like interesting thing that's kind of happened is like people have weirdly become more social. So there was this mm. um, Facebook page called like Oh I'm in quarantine and I've got nothing else to do, and it started off with like a few uh, members and now it's got like over six thousand and they have like Zoom parties every day or something and there's like people DJing and stuff. So I think it's really nice that people are just sort of talking to each other even though they don't know each other which is kind of weird especially in London anyway mm. yeah also I feel like even with my friends I've been very sociable somehow and it's made it a lot easier like I've, there hasn't been a day when I haven't video called someone on house party or just on oh, messenger or something house, party. house party's great I know I everyone's on it now oh well, yeah, yeah even my mom's on house party you know you know it's big when even my mom is on it that says something. Really? Oh. That's yeah. Cool. That's worrying yeah. also as well. <laughs> she just joins the room for <laughs> the press. <laughs> the, um, the other thing we were going to talk about is changes to exams and how you guys feel about that. I don't know if you're like me. I've had um, sort of coursework assignments. Instead of doing coursework and a written exam, I've had an entire module the the marking for it is done entirely on this one coursework assignment which is now worth 100% of the grade um, right. and I've had that over quite a few of my um my modules which I'm feeling anxious about because I feel like that actually dials up the pressure um because now I've only got one chance uh to prove my academic potential and I don't know how you guys feel about that and what's been going on with your exams as well yeah we've so, got we've got very little information right now yeah, so sorry. it's all up in the air which is not a great feeling but there's been hints at online assessments or um other forms of assessments it's going to be interesting I think because they have to like test us to make sure we're safe but I just any change I'm worried about just because you're not used to it like we spent years getting used to an exam format and stuff and like just any change to that just makes it a bit weird and a bit like question marky and a bit more anxiety sort of causing yeah I, I just don't I don't even know what's going on really apart from I stuff think, being pushed back but yeah I think that that's a that's a problem in and of itself that all of this online learning it's confusing in the sense that I feel like if I'm not refreshing my email inbox every five minutes, I'm going to miss something. Mm. Um, and it just feels like a lot of pressure to just keep up with all the emails, keep up with all the messages from all of the, the tutors and things like that. And my personal advisor is away at the moment, so I don't even have a personal advisor anymore. Um, so that's a whole other issue. And it, it just feels a bit like, you know, if you, are, if you don't have a computer, you're screwed right now. Yeah. So, yeah, because you can't even go to campus anymore because you're not really meant to leave the house. It's not like you could, you could go to campus and use the laptops in the library. 
you know like I, I think it, it's really suiting people who study in a certain way um also I'm really struggling without the library because that's where I do most of my work and I, I like I need that atmosphere of other people sort yeah. of studying near me to make me feel like I should be working so like at home I'm just sort of sat around and I will inevitably go on a stupid website or something and waste my time probably read it um huh. and I just noticed the day sort of going and I just need that atmosphere um it's definitely it's definitely a big change and I think it'll suit some people and some people have still got that motivation but right now I'm really struggling with that wait the library like you study better in the library aren't there like loads of people like talking and eating their food around you uh I go to well I spend most of my time at Whitechapel library which is a bit quieter and they, oh, they're not yeah, they're library. My land is a different vibe. Yeah, my land, not bad, I'm not going to do work vibe. I'm just going to eat a sandwich and talk vibe. <laughs> upstairs and my land's quite good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Upstairs is fine, but the ground floor is honestly chaos. Yeah, no, that's true. That I like the other back room of the ground floor, like past the cafe. That yeah. Yeah. White tables. Yeah, that, yeah, that's not bad. not bad. But like the main, the main bit, like um, it, when you come in through the doors and turn left, you're not going to get any work done. I know, just, like, I'm, I'm not getting thing. any work done at home, to be fair. Work done. Yeah, it's making me miss the library. That's weird. I did not think I'd be saying that like two or three weeks ago. Wow, the world really is ending. <laughs> it's changed so quickly, hasn't it? Like genuinely two weeks ago, like, well, maybe not two, but three weeks ago, this was not on the radar at all. Yeah. yeah. It just seems like time has just zoomed really quick like well actually no it feels really long these three weeks it feels like this has been like months already it feels but like both it feels like it's all changed so quickly but also all I've done for the past three weeks is sit in my room so <laughs> yeah and we've still got a long while yet in quarantine so yeah I reckon how long do you reckon it'll be so I'm sort of following the what they told the vulnerable that they would they have not allowed out for like three months mm. So I think that's their estimate. And I think it seems like we're on track right now. It's bad. Like, I think we're going to peak quite soon. Like, it looks like next weekend might be the worst weekend. So I think it's it's coming. Yep. That's hella scary to say, but I think you're probably right. We haven't seen the worst of it yet. No, we've seen a big rise very quickly, right? Like the last two days. It's been such yeah. a huge rise in in cases. Yeah, they're saying at the moment the current rate is the number of, um, I can't remember if it's number of infected or number of deaths, but they're saying it's doubling every three days. Um, oh, that's scary. Yeah. So um, I don't know if they've released the figures for tonight. I know that um, they released the figures for Italy today. And there is, I think it's been the biggest rise. Yeah, it was over 900 deaths today in Italy. Wow, that's just staggering numbers. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, is anyone, I'm not sure if this is the right question or right place to ask it, but is anyone worried about any family members or like? Well, yeah, I am. Because mm. like both, like my dad has a heart condition and my mum has like a similar kind of blood clotting condition. So then... I'm quite have you, worried. But... Have you noticed them taking any measures or anything? Or like, have you have you been having to tell them or are they telling you? Not really. I mean, they've kind of heeded what they're saying. Like, 
I just, if they need any, like, groceries, then I go and get them. Although they're pretty uncomfortable with me driving a car for obvious reasons. I'd probably crash the car. So, (laughs) (laughs) So I've been, like, but I've been mostly going outside instead, which is kind of weird. Yeah. It's changed the dynamics because normally I just stay inside, but it's kind of forced me to take a bit more responsibility yeah that's good I've been avoiding contact with my nan as much as possible mm. but that's been difficult as well because he's like as like as much as you want to be socially isolated it is just a bit like you don't want to abandon people it's weird yeah I think that the, the people who are really struggling out of all of this are the older people pensioners people in care homes and stuff like that um because they've got that 12 week um, sort of that 12 week period with no visitors um, and obviously which is so long it is but it's also like you know people of our age we can just use our phones we can just video call someone but yeah. who aren't computer or like technology literate this really is a lonely time yeah we've yeah. been so it's like my nan to use an uh, iPad that's that's quite um, that's quite a struggle but I, I mean, yeah, I feel like there's going to be a huge loss of independence as well. Like 12 weeks is a long time. And when like it's really important for people to do things regularly. So like I do worry about like people who who are that age and who don't like exercise regularly or walk every day. Because a lot of people do when they're at that age. They will like walk to the shops every day and they'll get their stuff and they'll come back. Mm. Like just not doing that for 12 weeks is a huge huge amount of time and it will have a big impact on people's health yeah and obviously mental health as well not being able to see family members as well it's just I do feel bad for the sort of the older generation at this time Mm. oh very very weird interesting times as my as my history teacher would say we live in interesting times but I think He's never really meant it as much as it means now. Like you do oh. feel like this is one of those things that you're going to talk about for years to come to to your kids I mean, and stuff. I feel like we're living through history. Yeah, it is very surreal, yeah. isn't it? I don't know about yeah. your guys' parents, but like, do they ever like tell you stuff like, "Oh, I, well, actually, no, they probably wouldn't have." But like, my dad always has this story of like, "Oh, I came here with like five pounds and then I survived," and it's like, yeah, this that's is my like, dad as well. <laughs> or like oh I walked 3,000 miles to get to school but it's like this is our story now that we're going to tell the next generation like we spent yeah. three months inside yeah <laughs> we it's spent three dramatic, months every night and eating snacks <laughs> it sounds like a really bad vlog video <laughs> like a YouTuber's <laughs> title would be like I spent three months inside <laughs> you should like the mindset should be that we're training for a mars mission because you know <laughs> do that they like lock them inside for a bit do they yeah yeah to train for like yeah, the isolation yeah. and stuff wow so we're all like ready to go to mars when this is over then yeah exactly exactly because there was like there were tests that it was like 100 days or something in in isolation they were like oh do you think they'll all go nuts what will happen and now it's like every single person did. and now it's like most of the the world is now yeah. isolated how's this for a question what's the first thing you want to do when this is all over oh gosh regent's lounge 
(laughs) Not Regent's Lounge again. You can't bring this up every podcast. I think probably probably I'll go and have a picnic in a nice park like Hampstead Heath or Greenwich Park or something and be outside and be with friends and family and stuff. And hopefully when when this all starts to wind down, it'll be summer so I can go outside and enjoy the sun. That would be nice. Yeah, I think mine's quite similar to yours. I think I just want to get a huge group of friends, like something that would be like a group of friends that if I had now would be like socially irresponsible. I want a huge group of friends, just go to a picnic or have a barbecue or just do things together. I think that's what I really want to do. Bonfire. Yeah, bonfire, that could work. Bonfire night in, well, hopefully August. Yeah, hopefully it'll all be over by then. A seance. (laughs) <laughs> oh dear wow wow start real quick yeah i think on that note we should probably end yeah probably <laughs> i think we should we end on the same as seance we could do a live seance a live seance how would that yeah. work aren't all seances live technically <laughs> well actually i guess they're quite dead wow but um I think we can end on there. <laughs> All right. We do another um, one in three weeks. Yeah, let's do it. It's quite a good, like, kind of time capsule of the of what people are feeling at this time to listen to in in the future. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah, we'll do another one soon. Yeah. Well, so thank you guys, and sorry about the um, weird interruptions. We'll try and work on that next time. But thanks for listening to our one listener. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Mum. Mom. (laughs) (laughs) Right, see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. See you, guys. Bye. Bye-bye.